0: Hello and welcome to North Point Plus episode number 53. I am not Mark Atkins.
1: I am Mark Atkins.
0: But we brought him here today. <laughs> He's here. He's Mar- alive. In reality,
1: uh Mark- Hi Mark. <laughs> Hi, Jake. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not addressing that thing. <laughs> it's just it's this is his first episode to not be here. Yeah. Ever. That's true. He did a year's worth and then he tapped out. (laughs) After one full year. Yeah. um, Yeah. And some of you are probably liking this because it now um, covers up the Ohio State mug. That's true. That's true. If you're just listening and not watching, you have no idea what happened. Um, However, there is a picture of Mark Adkins with us. And we can't, we probably really shouldn't say, may he rest in peace. No, he's not. <laughs> because- Mark is not
0: dead. Let's go ahead and put that out right now. He may feel that way. Um, Mark and uh, Jamie and. Uh, Julie And they took Mark and Julie took their little one, Grace, down to Orlando for a worship conference, which looks like it was a lot of fun, a yeah, lot of great stuff. Yeah, lots of good stuff. Uh, and then they took advantage and did some Disney stuff, and I think Orlando yep. down there. And I'm assuming that while Mark was down there, uh, they just licked everything and somehow <laughs> got sick. At least that's what I told him. Uh, they, what did you lick in Disney World? They brought a present
1: back from Florida. Yeah,
0: so he's a little under the weather this week, and we said uh, go away and keep that over there with you. Uh, he'll hopefully be back next week Uh, but in the meantime we're going to try and pick up the slag and make you guys miss Mark by our tomfoolery on here and
1: Jake's not feeling particularly well i'm not either i'm so not i've been coughing like d-
0: crazy and i don't know if it's like this cold that i had or if it was the fact that i got to watch my bingles on tv yesterday oh, and they went so to overtime bad. and lost at the end so bad i may have been doing some screaming so i've got a little throat thing in there and so if i sound uh, like barry white or if uh, you hear like some clicking it's because i'm trying to Late keep my radio down voice. there right yeah my radio voice <laughs> going on Whew. Anyway, all of that to say, we are at episode 53 of North Point Plus. This is our follow-up podcast for the message this past Sunday. Uh, it gives us the opportunity to answer some questions and to kind of wrestle with the topics that we've had going on as we dive deeper into God's Word. And so, uh, once again, I'm Jake. We're here with Rick. Rick, you spoke
1: Sunday. I did. What did you talk about? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Actually, we did a, you and I did a two-week series that we just called Better Together that's all about the church being the body of Christ. And and really, um, it really was designed to help um, motivate uh, us as a church to be more connected to each other and to be the body that I think Christ um, envisioned and that he called us to be in a way that we're probably not in Western culture. So um, you kind of laid the foundation the first week in talking about how the body works together and how important it is. That we can pick up after each other, but but we still miss something when we do that. And if you if we think about it, I've got a great story to. It's a follow up to your message that didn't make it into the message yesterday. Um, but but we talked about some very specific things. There are like uh, I don't know thirty something one another's that are in the New Testament. And, and I really just picked out four or five verses, um, four, four or five one another's, but four verses that really kind of structured the message um, about how the body should function. So encourage one another daily um, was the first one. Serve one another in love is the second one. Bear one another's burdens was the third one. And the fourth one was confess your sins to one another and, and pray for each other. Um, and that was the last one. It was a, it was a twofer. Yeah, yeah, and 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 when we do those things, um, it helps us. It it helps us be the body. But part of what I wanted to communicate is, you can't do any of those things if you simply come to church and and think that that's that that's all that's involved. You got to be involved in life on life relationships with people who are part of the body of Christ for those things to happen.
0: Yeah, yeah, and in the midst of that, we also learned about uh, starting fires. yeah yeah, and how amazing Pam Dolan is right those are two critical pieces as well so uh, if you haven't got to watch that yet I'd encourage you guys uh, go ahead and pause this go back uh, check that out from Sunday Uh, really encouraging really really fun uh, message to be a part of and then jump back in here because we've got some questions here I got four of them yeah, can now I just talk about the in. fire thing yeah, for a second? Still, yeah.
1: Um, so my my uh, opening illustration, the thing kind of start the message was uh, I love fires, uh, you know, um, and I had a uh, piece of wood that I had actually pulled out of an actual fire um, intentionally for the message, so that we could just talk about it. And um, lots of lots of applications that I could have gone in the message. It's really interesting that that um, a piece of wood that has been on fire um, has, uh, evidence that it's been in the fire. It, uh, that piece of wood, uh, I kept worrying about Joe, um, vacuuming because there are pieces of charred wood yeah. that are all over the carpet up front from, from me bringing that in is, is trying as hard as I could to to keep it, um, as, as, uh, clean as possible. But that piece of wood was impacted by the fire. Um, clearly it was impacted by the fire. But it didn't. It didn't really fulfill its function in the way that it could have in terms of generating heat, impacting others, that kind of stuff. And and when we get isolated from the body, um, God still has done good stuff in our life. But but um, others miss. We miss when we get isolated from the body. Mm. That's
0: good stuff. Thanks. That's good stuff. And you're like the fire expert because you used to sell um, wood stoves. Wood stoves, right? I have one in my basement. That's right. That's right. And like a huge. So if you ever need to steal wood, come (laughs) to Rick's house. He's got a ton of it back there. Although uh, right now I'm uh, I'm pretty thin for this coming winter. I'm gonna. I've still got a lot of work to do. Get a blanket ready, Deb. That's what I heard. (laughs) That's right. Uh, So we got four questions. We're going to dive into here a little bit. Uh, I'll ask them, and then uh, we'll just let you give your wisdom imparted Uh to everybody. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You're used to being asked the questions, not being the questioner. This feels (laughs) like power right now. (laughs) This is a power move for me. I'm enjoying this. All right, question number one. When doing
1: all of the points, which were... Encourage one another daily, serve one another in love, bear one another's burdens, confess your sins to one another, pray for one another. There you go. So those are our four points. Uh,
0: When doing all of the points, does it apply to just the body... Or does this work
1: for unbelievers as well? Uh, that, that's a really cool question because it, it's a broader question than just for this message. Um, and, and what really underlines it is, um, does it only work if you believe in God? Does it only work in the context of the body of Christ? And I think the answer to that is no. Yeah, um, Anyone's life, I think, is going to be better if they're an encourager. If they're if they're feeding into other people, um, that you you hear about the best leaders and the best leaders are are people that in, that that bring people with them that encourage them, help them grow into um, into the, all that they can be. Mm-hmm. Um, people who serve, that's how you find um, some sense of meaning in life. Even if you don't have a relationship with God, you invest in others, you serve one another, you're in relationship with them. Um, I, I think one of the things that, that makes us um, different and gives meaning to our lives is when we're involved with people um, when others are in times of crisis, being able to come alongside them and, and carry that burden with them. Um, you know, you, you think about pictures that you see of people who are broken and somebody's carrying them. The, the image that comes to mind is, I can't think of the guy's names, is the, um, the guy, the, the Olympic runner. That uh, that blew out his leg, and his dad came out of the stands oh, and yeah. ca- and carried him to the finish line. That bear one another's burdens. That, that it it all of a sudden gives meaning to what we do here on earth when we're involved in in helping other peoples in uh, other peoples other people in real tangible ways, and and even in terms of confessing our sin to one another, our culture doesn't like that, right? Um, but. When we do that, when we're vulnerable, when, when, when we're transparent with people, people are drawn to us. So it, it absolutely works outside of the kingdom context, because all truth is God's truth. Yeah. Um, so so while, while the teaching is there for us within the body of Christ, um, God's the author of that. And so it's going to work. It, it's going to work in any kind of situation. Yeah,
0: that's a, it's an interesting one to me too. Uh, the one with confession. Yeah, and we're gonna get to that a little bit later. But like, I, I think immediately of uh, Major League Baseball because you had like Mark McGuire and Barry Bonds and Sammy Sosa, and they all like denied performance enhancing drugs for yep. the longest time, um, and were ridiculed for it. It was proven. It's all these kinds of things that are against them, and it's kept some of them out of the Hall of Fame. Right. Even though they have all these things, but then you got a guy like Ryan Braun, who was uh, MVP of the National League playing for the Brewers. And uh, he got caught with performance-enhancing drugs. Came out, said, "Yep, I did it. I was wrong. I accept my punishment. Move on." And nobody says a bad word about Ryan Braun. Hmm. Like nobody yeah. has cast him aside. He's not like ostracized from the league. It was like he was—he confessed it. He just admitted it. And I think he's grown from it. I think learned from it. Like yeah. you don't hear anything bad about him anymore. But it just changed the trajectory of people's perception for him, too, with that ability to just confess. And I think we see that in politics yep. all the time, you know, people that uh, maybe make a mistake or a bad decision, and if they confess it versus try to cover it up, right. like, what does that actually do for them? So as a culture, we hate confession, yep. but there really is something powerful because, as you said, all truth is God's truth. You know, yeah. so even as a culture, if we're living and we're doing the things that the Bible says are true... There will be benefit, even though we don't. They don't have the ultimate benefit of being rooted in Christ. So, right. just an interesting thing there.
1: Yeah, and and I think uh, you know we can we can play that out for just a second about that concept. That the the um, the power of hidden sin, yeah, um, is paralyzing. Mm-hmm. So so when you think about the movies that you've watched, where somebody has something on somebody else, and they force them to do things, or if you think about in, in politics when you know, you've got that hidden secret on that that person or whatever, and they come out and, and say, yep, here's what I've done, and I'm sorry for it, I'm ashamed of it, I was stupid, but they come forward and claim it, own it, own, own the responsibility for it, all of a sudden that person's power is completely diminished. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, what can they say? Oh, I've got this thing on, oh, you already told it. Um, th- it and that's the reality of of how we live our lives. When we try and cover up our sin, it has this hold on us that just strangles us. And as soon as we confess it, as soon as we have somebody that we can confess it to, and again, the the difference between 1 John 1, 9, confess your sins, God's faithful and, and will forgive, but James 5 that says confess your sins to one another, as soon as we tell someone, all of a sudden there is this sense of relief. yeah, at, be, Because when we hold it, we don't know what the consequences of being exposed are going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we own it, it's like, okay, then then you can deal with the consequences. And lots of times, um, the stuff that, that we imagine in terms of what the impact will be is, is far worse than yeah. what the reality is. Yeah, it's true. Because we're all broken. Yeah,
0: yeah. There would yeah. be uh, no such thing as romantic comedies. If Confession were a part of those movies, because they're all like hinged on that moment yeah. of like, oh, but if she only knew yeah. or whatever. And it's like, oh, if you just talked about it, like yeah. in a 15-minute movie. So, right. Just funny how that yeah. plays out so much in our world yeah. everywhere. So yeah, uh, let's jump into question two here. This is a good one. It says, I found that I'm much more drawn to serving others outside of the church at my job. I, I just have
1: to say, you sound like this is a Dear Abby column <laughs> What I'm actually doing is I'm strategically moving this (laughs) throat lozenge lozenge around around in my
0: mouth. So every pause is really because I have to move it because it's like transitioning.
1: Mark, we miss you so
0: (laughs) much. So much, Mark. Quit licking Disney stuff or the gray stuff or whatever it is you had down there. But here we go. All right. So I found that I'm much more drawn to serving others outside of the church uh, at my job in the community neighborhood uh, while staying active at church. Should that priority change?
1: Um. I think God. I think the mandate that that's there for us to serve is a it's a flat out mandate. Um, uh, Jesus said, "You want to be great, um, become the servant of all." Um, so, so there is that model that says that we're to serve others, no matter where that is. I think the, speci- the specificity of serving within the kingdom, serving the body, is really important when you look at contextually uh, how a body works. You know, if, if, um, if, I've got, if I've got goop all over my face, and so do you, and my hands only get the goop off your face, um, that's great. But that doesn't ultimately help the body function more effectively. So there, there really is this picture of, um, of our commitment to being the body of Christ, I think, calls us, demands for us to serve within the body as well. Now, the, the hard thing is... Um, it's easy for us as staff people to say, oh, or, or to make people think that w- that we define service as, oh, if you're working in children's ministry, if you're working in students' ministry, if you're doing something on Sunday morning that helps serve the body, that's what it's talking about. It's lots, it's lots bigger than that. Um, it really is about being connected with the body of Christ and serving in whatever way you can. There are... Functional um, functional roles that need to happen mm-hmm. that um, that I think that we need to be committed to that, that we need to help make happen and and serve the body in that way the body of Christ that way that doesn't exclude us from serving um, within the community or whatever it, it there really is a, a question I think of uh, where's your first priority and and that's part of what I tried to communicate early in the message when I said, you know what, this, these concepts, they're more important than, than your side hustle. They're more important than your team at work. They're more important because the, uh, than, than what you do in the community, than your kids' sports teams, because, because um, the body of Christ is designed to function in a certain way, and when we don't serve, it functions less. Mm-hmm. It, it loses its impact. It's, in a sense, it's kind of paralyzed.
0: Nice, yeah. Uh, you know, there's a couple things that makes me think of. Uh, one is um, we recognize the importance both serving in the church, in the community, and around the world. So we actually have that serve wall, Um, right right by the B entrance that we just put up probably a couple months ago um, because we want to emphasize those kinds of things. So not only is there great opportunities to get connected right here at North Point and use skills, abilities, and talents. And if you look, there's a lot more of those cards than there are others. Um, But we've also vetted through different organizations that we would say, hey, partnering with these guys, Um, these are going to be difference makers in the community in ways that you can do that, whether it's through uh, a Ronald McDonald house or um, through pregnancy care centers or whatever it may be. But also ways to connect with missionaries and things like that. So I just want to draw that to attention real quick, too, to say like, hey, if you're actually looking for opportunities, that's a great way to find some. On the app is another one as well. Um, and then kind of, a, I think, related, but different to this same thing. and I, and I know we didn't talk about this before, and I'm going to kind of throw you out yeah. a, a curveball here because um, I'm leading the podcast. <laughs> I'm going <to> do that. <laughs> it's, a uh, coup, yeah. it's a coup, Mark. It's a coup. Get well quickly. <laughs> uh, as we're talking about this idea, um, how does that go as far as, as giving? Um, I think the principle kind of applies in a very similar manner, um, both with giving, because I know a lot of people, uh, myself included, that give to other organizations, whether it be through Compassion or World Vision or um, through different organizations, like the ones that we support, like Ronald McDonald or Pregnancy Centers or whatever it may be, that are all really, really important things. Um, And I've heard specifically from people, hey, I'm not being able to give to church because, man, I give to so many other places, so many other organizations that are making a difference I, all I have to say, I guess, speak to that a little bit on kind of what you think. Yeah,
1: I, I, th- I think that there is um, a couple, a couple of uh, pieces I think fit in that conversation. One is, um, uh, my brain just went too many directions because I fast. threw the curveball. I didn't that's, tell you this that's was right. coming. That's right. The, um, I think one of the issues is when we serve. Does the organization that we serve? Is that going to make a difference in eternity? Mm-hmm. So, so, I think it's a, it's a very different thing to say I'm going to coach my kids' soccer team because my kids need a soccer coach mm-hmm. than to say I'm coaching my kids' soccer team in order to build relationships with those kids and their families for eternity. Mm-hmm. I recognize that God has gifted me to be able to do it. That's a completely different mindset, and so there really is a filter in terms of how this how it impacts eternity. And I think the same thing is true in terms of our giving, is our is what we give to going to change eternity. Um, that's that's a factor. The other piece that I think that fits in there really is recognizing uh, one one author. Uh, calls it your first team. Where, where's your first team? Um, it's great for me. Uh, you know, uh, when my kids were little, um, it would have been great for me to be involved in big brothers or big sisters. Uh, oh, I would have been involved in big brothers, I guess, <laughs> of America. Um, it would have been great to do that. <laughs> that gotcha, huh? It did. <laughs> um, but if I was if I was given fifteen or twenty hours a week to Big Brothers and making a difference in the life of a kid that didn't have a dad, you know, that didn't have a male role model, that all be good. But but if I was doing that at the expense of the time that I spent with my kids and mm-hmm. my family. Um, that something is not right in that, because that's my first responsibility. And I do think that there's a responsibility that, that God says, when I put you in the body of Christ, you've got a responsibility to the body of Christ to serve and to give. And so for me, just in terms of principles, Deb and I give to a lot of different kinds of things. Um, but we tithe to the church. We more than tithe to the church first, and then we give to other things beyond that mm-hmm. um, uh, good causes and and lots of things that make a difference for eternity we um, and we sponsor three kids with compassion um, we, uh, we give to specific missionaries we uh, we do lots of those kinds of things we give to the community um, all that stuff um, but our first priority is to the body of Christ here and I think that that's a principle that that um, to me it makes sense I I I would not say that in a legalistic way that you have to do that, but I, I think it's a sound principle to say I'm going to take care of what's closest to me, what what um, impacts me, what feeds me in in a sense. Um, that, you know, if if I'm a part of the body at North Point, if I if I'm getting solid teaching here, if it's where my life group is, if um, if those are the people who are holding me accountable. Um, it makes sense to serve at North Point first. It makes sense to give to North Point first.
0: Nice. Yeah, I think that helps. I like that. Uh, Let's keep on rolling here, though. I got uh, question number three here. Um, It says, Why are my connections with the people in the church more important than with people from my coworkers, unchurch friends, etc.? So it's a similar... We were talking about how this is similar... So yep. the question we kind of just answered, but I think the first one was more about serving, and this is really more about connections uh, yeah. or relationships. So why is having relationships with those in my, my church family, being connected to the body, more important than the relationships that I have uh, outside of the church? And, and in some ways, and maybe I'm reading into this, but the Bible also talks about like, hey, if we're supposed to go and yeah. we're supposed to give and we're supposed to... Uh, impact others for Jesus and spread the gospel. Like, how is that not more of a priority than the relationships inside the church?
1: Yeah, I, I think there's there is a balance, and but I I think that I really would speak to the motivation for um for what drives us in whatever direction we have. If we if we immerse ourselves in relationships within the church to the exclusion of relationships. With anyone in the community, people who don't know Jesus, that kind of thing, and we do it so that we're protected from the evils of the world. Yeah, um, I don't think that that's a biblical concept. I don't think that that's a biblical worldview. We don't join the church so we can escape the world, because God called the church to impact the world, to to be in contact with the world, and and to to change eternity uh, for for the people who don't know Him. Um, and so there really is the this uh sense in which we can't we, we can't just have a holy huddle and um and ignore everybody else. The flip side of that is it's really easy to say, you know what i 'm a lot more comfortable with my friends at work i'm a lot more comfortable with um the people that that I play ball with i'm a lot more comfortable with with uh, whatever that is, that yeah, they're not followers of Jesus, but that doesn't really impact what I think. In re- in reality, it does. It, it, you know, it, it changes our worldview. It um, in subtle ways that sometimes we're not there. But the but again, the big thing is, you know what? If I'm hanging out with great people, good good people, at the expense of my time with Deb my my wife at the expense of uh, my relationship with my kids something's out of whack with that and and so because we're called to be because we're called to be the body of Christ you i I can't have my finger di- um, dismembered from my hand and have it continue to be a function of uh, uh, continue to function as a part of the body of Christ mm-hmm. um, so so there is this call this um expectation this sense that we need to be connected to each other and and for us in our culture it's really hard because culturally we've kind of bought into we've accepted oh if i go to church on sunday morning that's my that's my spiritual world that's the thing that i do and in the first century it was not that at all because they lived in a very hostile culture and, and they were dependent upon each other to survive, f- to f- survive physically, to survive spiritually. And, um, and, and we probably need to ad- adopt that kind of mindset at a greater level to, to say, you know what? I, I Great conversation with somebody after the service yesterday, somebody that's a part of my life group that, that said, I can't wait to get back together because we're meeting on Wednesday night and we've been off during the summer. Um, and they said, we, we are desperate for life group. Um, that's, a, that's a great um, expression of how important it is. They have relationships with lots of people, but, but our life group, that's, uh, it's a core part of being a part of the body for them.
0: Yeah, I used to tell people, um, students a lot when we were doing um, youth ministry, that your best friends should be people who are pursuing after Jesus. Yeah. Not your only friends, like you're not neglecting the rest of yeah. the world around you, uh, but you want to be people that are like minded because you want people to be surrounding you that are, are helping you to grow and spur you on and even rebuke you at times so that you can grow closer and to be more like Jesus, because the reality is those relationships outside of the church aren't going to do that. Like right, you're not going to get that outside. You can have good relationships, you can have good friendships, but if the core of what you want is following after Jesus, man, you got to be around people that want that yep. as well. And you're not going to get that outside of the church, And That's why the church, right. the body, is so so important, you know.
1: And and that gets lived out. It gets lived out in every aspect of life. So um, so if somebody has kids and they want their kids to be really involved in sports, mm-hmm. um, their friends are going to be. The parents of the kids that play with their kids, because they're the ones doing the travel team. They're the ones going to the game. They're the ones that they're hanging out with. Yeah. They, they have a similar value system that, that, that um, pulls them together. Um, somebody who's really worried, not worried, somebody who's really thinking about investments, they're going to begin to pull into their world. People who are good investors, who have investments, who know about investments, because they have that same kind of value system. If um, if we're serious about following Jesus, being changed by Jesus, pursuing the mission of Jesus, it only is going to make sense that 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 circle that's closest to us is going to be people who have those same that same value system, and that. Um, that are, that are pursuing Jesus, being changed by Jesus, and, and pursuing the mission of Jesus as well. Yeah, I like it.
0: I like it. That's good stuff. Uh, we got one more question here to jump into, and we hit on this a little bit, but uh, it's, a, it's confession once again, so this is a really good yeah. question, though. It says, how do you find that person uh, to confess your sins to when trust is an issue? Uh, when you are worried that they will judge or, or try to fix you. And this was submitted by Sarah. So thank you, Sarah, for submitting a question. I think this is a really fun one. Uh, I'm glad we get to get to it. But once again, how do you find that person to confess your sins to and trust as is an issue? And then I think the follow-up, when you're worried that they're going to try to judge or try to fix right.
1: you. How do you do that? Um, I think that this is this is going to sound a little bit like a Sunday school answer but I think it really is the heart of the answer I think the first thing that you do is that you make it a consistent matter of prayer to say God would you show me who that person is that I can be open and transparent with and be safe with and make it the kind of thing that you pray and that that when you're at church when you're in life group when when you're it just I'm being quiet, um, you know, sitting at home, God, who is that? And then trust the Holy Spirit's ability to, um, to, to bring someone to mind or to make that connection where it's like, oh, but I, and, and this is often is what will happen. It'll be like, I don't even know that person really, um, but the Holy Spirit's nudge is saying, No, that's the right person. Go to, go talk to them. And then and then just simply have the conversation and say, Hey, I'm looking for somebody that I can have a deep relationship with, that I can be transparent about the stuff that I'm that's going on in my life. Is that something that you'd be interested into? And 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 just ask the question kind of in that way, because it has to be a reciprocal thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, I can't come to you, Jake, and say, oh, Jake, you need to confess your sins to me. Right. Um, right. That's, that's not going to work, and it's not going to work if I say, Jake, um, I need to confess everything to you, and we, and we don't have a relationship right. um, that's already built on trust. Right. And so it has to be—it's uh, it, the kind of thing I, I say all the time in counseling— um, uh, forgiveness can be given in a moment, but trust is earned over time. Trust comes one step at a time. And so, when you when you identify that person and have that conversation, and they say, "Yeah," um, I, I think what happens is that there's this continuous level of um, exposure is not the right word, but disclosure that's that's a better word. Where where you say, "Okay, this is what I'm going through. This is what I'm struggling with," and and it probably takes some time before you get to the place that you are the most vulnerable in San, this, this is really the heart of it. Um, trust when, when, when you've experienced a betrayal of trust, um, that's devastating. It's, it's devastating in any kind of relationship. It's devastating in in a friendship. It's devastating in marriage. It's devastating in a work relationship. You know, it, it's, um, it's just devastating. Um, but um, the the thing that I think I would say is that just because you, that trust can be betrayed, and even if that trust is betrayed, that doesn't negate the mandate from Scripture to say confess your sins to one another yeah. and pray for one another. So even if it even if it blows up, and and uh, man, uh, everything inside me just. Yeah, Because when that happens, when you share stuff and then somebody discloses that, the, the, the wreckage, the carnage that comes from that's devastating. But even if that happens, that doesn't negate that, that Scripture calls us to do that. And when we do that, it's freeing. Um, uh, I, I think when we're able to confess our sins to one another, to another person— if that gets exp- uh, if that gets um, disclosed at a greater level, it's not nearly as traumatic as if it as if it comes um, just kind of out of the blue without ever having to disclosed it to anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, it, one of the things that we've talked about with with recovery ministries is um, that there's just something really powerful. Uh, for, I think for many people who go through recovery um, from addi- from any kind of addiction when they begin to admit their, their issue and they can do it to a, a person, then they can do it to a, a few more people and then they can do it to a, to a larger audience. Cause it's like, you know what, this is who I am. I've, I've yeah. got these issues and that God can work through that when they share their story.
0: Yeah. And that's good stuff. That's powerful. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, we've all been in that position too, where we've trusted somebody and it's going yeah. to bite us and, uh, but the reality is if we're not able to move past that, if we're not able to grow and in some ways forgive and heal, even if that relationship is uh, not one that you can trust in that capacity, but maybe it's uh, a different relationship that you have to invest in because we need confession. Right. Confession yes. isn't about the other person. It's, it's about us. Right. It's about what it does for us. But I think it is important to recognize, um, you know, it's easy to... Uh, maybe dive, trying to dive into that relationship where it's like, hey, will you take my stuff? And we just confess yeah. and confess and confess, or we just give it all out there. Uh, I think there's a danger if it's not a two-way street in yeah. some ways, and it doesn't yep. have to be 50 yep. 50. It doesn't have to be okay. Here's my my stuff. Now you give me yours, and we're just going to bear one another's burdens. In that way, it's great when that happens. Um, but I think having that foundation of trust is so so important. Um, and so, like my encouragement on something like this is is it's okay to take it slow. Yeah. It's okay to, to, to make sure there's a solid foundation of trust. Make sure you can trust with small stuff before the bigger stuff comes on to it or however that works um, because you want to have a solid foundation to build on for these kinds of things. You don't want it to just uh, throw it all out there and everything fall down because you didn't know the person well, because you didn't have that relationship, because you have gave everything, but you got nothing in return. So right. use wisdom in that as well would just be kind of my encouragement that I think is important too.
1: Yeah, and, and and I would say recognize that this um, this uh, charge mm-hmm. from James, James chapter five, it's this is not a call to therapy, right? <laughs> right. right. It's it's not like oh, I need to have this relationship with you so I can so I can cut loose and dump my stuff, right. um, and then just feel better about myself. This is this is not confession in the. In the Catholic sense, mm-hmm. where you go to confessional, you 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 know uh, it's been you know three weeks since my last confessional, whatever, and you and you dump out your sin, and the and the priest says, okay, this is what you need to do as a result. That's not the concept that that's here. It really is a relational context mm-hmm. that's built. So I would say, even if it's somebody that the Holy Spirit prompts you that you don't particularly know well you got to figure out a way to have a relationship with a person so that you're laughing about stuff so that you're yeah. experiencing other kind of things. So that it's not like, okay, yeah, I've got, I've got to go do breakfast at 6am at flapjack this week with my accountability partner and confess that I did X, Y, Z, whatever. Um, you can do that. And there's probably advantage to that, but it's not, there's not nearly the impact that comes when it's somebody that you're doing life with. And and you do create some times where you could say, hey, I really need to tell you this because I messed up bad last night. All right. You know, or, or I'm really struggling with this. Can you pray for me? But at the same time, you're you're doing things together. You're going ball games. You're, you know, playing games. You're doing yeah. whatever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Relationship is definitely key in that. Well, that's all the questions that we have in there. Uh, Mark, you miss you, buddy. Hopefully you're back next week. Feeling better? There's Marco. Right hey, there.
1: I, I do have I I do want to come back to the um to the one thing that oh uh, yeah yeah I wanted yeah. to pick up from from yours. So so two weeks ago, what you, did I do wrong? You Rick? didn't do come anything on. wrong. Yeah, uh, it's just when I it's funny because I wasn't here. I was experiencing a car crash <laughs> at that point in time. Um, but when you talked about your dad and the sh- shoulder surgery, yeah. and that he can raise his arm because the other muscles have learned to. Compensate. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, oh man, that's such a great picture, and I've got and I've got a real similar story. So um, our son Joe, when uh, when he was born, uh, you know, firstborn son, didn't everything's fine, no big deal. He plays soccer, does all kinds of stuff. Gets to be twelve years old, goes for his twelve year checkup with a pediatrician. Pediatrician says, uh, anybody ever tell you he has a heart murmur? We say, no, nobody's ever said he has a heart murmur, and he said, oh yeah. It's it's real really clear he has a heart murmur, um, probably no big deal you know kids grow up with heart murmur no no big deal at all we'll send him off and they'll check his heart and do everything everything will be fine, so we go, he um, he has the the tests that are done that check his heart, um, we learn that he has what's called an aortic. Coarctation, which basically means his aorta, the the main artery coming out of his heart, was pinched, and so it was supposed hmm. to be about, uh, if I remember right, it w- I think it was supposed to be thirteen millimeters in diameter. What was his what his aorta was supposed to be, and when they ran the test, when they did the heart cath, um, it was uh, the the one millimeter um, probe that they put couldn't go through. Oh wow! So so there's virtually no blood running through his aorta to the lower half of his body. The, the, um, you know, so, so this pediatrician that had heard the heart murmur said, well, why couldn't anybody ever hear that? And, um, and, uh, who knows why anyway, but when he ultimately had the surgery, um, and we're thinking, why didn't we notice this? The, the, the ER sur- uh, the ER nurse came to check his pulse in his leg, and because he his aorta was effectively shut down, um, they couldn't find a pulse in his leg. So, like the the cardiac surgeon had to come in, mark where his uh, pulse was in his leg, circle it so that they could check it because it, it the lower half of his body just wasn't functioning the way that it was supposed to. Um, so. The, and here's, here's the piece that connected to your message, and it really is about how the body of Christ works. So, so he's got this aorta that doesn't work. They did an x-ray of his chest, and his chest had this, uh, this, this web, this cobweb of arteries that had grown that were called collaterals, um, out of his heart to get blood to the rest of his body. So, so when you look and you see it, typically you see the heart that's there and you see the aorta go down and it, and it, all this blood goes down to the lower part of his body. He had, he had literally, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 collateral arteries that had grown to transfer the blood out of his heart to the lower part of his body. Wow. His body had to compensate for the part that didn't work. Um, And... And so that's the that's the picture that you were talking about with yeah. your dad. The body compensated and, and did it, and it did it okay, um, but it didn't di- do it in the way that it was uh, um, that it was designed to work. And typically, what happens with somebody with a with a with a coarctation is that they end up with an aneurysm in their head because the the heart has to work so hard to push the blood through the blood through. That it ends up blowing an artery someplace else typically in their head and, and they die or they blow out their aorta that kind of thing so he had heart surgery and what's really interesting is when um when he had the heart surgery and they fixed that co um all of a sudden there's all kinds of blood running to the lower part of his body and all those collaterals just kind of dissipated because they <laughs> weren't needed anymore they were, they were functioning because they had to, yeah, but not because they were designed to. So the, so the takeaway for that is, as a part of the body of Christ, when we do what we're designed to do, um, everything works marvelously. If we don't do what we're designed to do, other people are going to pick up the, pa- the pieces, and the body's still going to function. It's still going to be okay. But it's not going to be nearly as good. And then when we step up and do what God's called us to do, then they're all freed, freed up to do what they right. can do to make the body just work better and better. So that didn't make it in the sermon, but yeah, uh, yeah. A r- really, really interesting picture. I wish I, I wish I still had a copy of the, um, of, of that X-ray because he, he did a printout of it, brought it to us, and said, "Yeah, see all these, see all these spiderwebs." That's how the blood gets to the lower part of his body. Wow, that is incredible. I've never yeah. heard of anything like that yeah. before. Yeah, it's it's it really is pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, it's remarkable what the human body can do, man. Yep.
1: Well, that is... See what you missed, Mark. Yeah, there you go. That is North
0: Point Plus for this week. Uh, Do us a favor. Make sure to like the video. Leave some comments. Keep the conversation going. uh, Subscribe so that anytime we drop anything, you guys make sure to get a notification about that on the YouTube channel, uh, Facebook, and so many more places. So uh, hopefully you enjoyed it, and we will see you next
1: week. Good job, Jake. Hey, thanks. (laughs)